This week, from GNC Week in Review, powered by Geek News Central. This past Monday, <clears throat> excuse me, this past Monday was Data Privacy Day. AT&T and Verizon report earnings for the fourth quarter. With reports about the FaceTime bug on the iPhone, a lawyer sues Apple because of it. And LG announces a new 5G phone. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. And it's Friday, February 1st, 2019. My name is Kirk Corliss, and this is episode 12 of the GNC Week in, Review po- Week in Review podcast, now part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here, and can be found at techpodcast.com. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode, and please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite Android podcast app. Also on TuneIn, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also on gncweekly.com is where the show notes from each episode are posted every Friday evening. Get connected with GNCWIR on Facebook and on Twitter. Twitter, excuse me, at GNC Weekly. Love to hear your comments, thoughts, want to say hi at gncweekly at gmail.com. We're going to jump in with the tech news from this past week and from geeknewscentral.com this week. Leading the tech news, and I really had no idea that this past Monday was Data Privacy Day, and here I thought it was National Backward Day. Yes, you heard right, National Backward Day, where January 31st honors everything backward. Uh, It's an opportunity to reverse our ways, our direction, our shirt, dessert for breakfast, you get the idea. Anyways, in all seriousness, the nonprofit National Cybersecurity Alliance Mark the occasion of Data Privacy Day, which has been which has been observed since 2000, 2007, with a gathering of corporate private corporate privacy policy wonks at LinkedIn's San Francisco, California headquarters. Kevin Coleman, executive director of the NCA, presided over the gathering, which he characterized as an exploration of the opportunities and challenges for the privacy road ahead. In the opening panel, Eva Velasquez, president and CEO of the Identity Theft Resource Center, framed discussion with a reference to her organization's 2018 data exposure report. The report found a 23% decline in the number of data loss incidents and a 126% increase in the amount of personally identifiable information exposed, amounting to almost 198 million records. And speaking of privacy, in the Apple News this week, reports have emerged of a bug that lets you listen to the other side's audio before a call has even started. All you have to do is start a FaceTime call at a person and choose your own phone number when prompted. If you try that, you effectively start a group call while on the other side's device is still ringing. Apple did shut the service off for the time, at the time when it was report, at the time when it was reported, and Apple is trying to close the hole on its end. The company already said that there's a fix for the issue, which affects iPhones, iPads, and Macs. Um, So probably by now, you can go update FaceTime on iOS. With this bug reported, with this bug, with this bug that reported, that was reported to Apple, a Houston attorney has sued Apple in a lawsuit filed Monday evening in Harris County District Court. 
Larry Williams claimed the company was negligent when it allowed the microphone to be used in this way. He wrote, quote, Plaintiff was undergoing a private disposition with a client when this defective product breach allowed, allowed for recording of a private disposition. He continues, the product was used for his intended purposes because plaintiff updated their phone for the purpose of group, of group FaceTime calls, but not unsolicited eavesdropping. But not unsolicited eavesdropping. Plaintiff suffered injuries. How did the plaintiff suffer injuries? That doesn't make any sense. Williams also alleged. Williams also alleged strict products liability and breach of express warranty, among other accounts. So if you have a concern about FaceTime, I have two links in the show notes on how to turn on or off FaceTime, as well as tips on how to protect yourself when using your iPhone. In other related lawsuit news this week, Judge Judy Combe rejects Yahoo's class action lawsuit settlement. As we all know, majority all of us know by now that um, Yahoo is owned by Verizon. The firm had proposed a payout to lawyers acting on behalf of affected U.S. and Israeli users. The California judge also objected to Yahoo being too vague about what medial steps was taken. Details of the ruling were first reported by the Courthouse News Service which has also published the decision in full. The Yahoo class action lawsuit specifically covers three data breaches that affected the web portal's users' personal information. One, a 2013 event in which hackers were able to access all 3 billion Yahoo accounts. Two, a 2014 attack which the, th- which the firm said had affected more than 500 million accounts. Th- and three, a breach that happened between 2015 and 16, 2016, excuse me, in which, the, in which the plaintiffs allege that the data stolen in 2014 was used to gain access to Pacific, Pacific user accounts. The lawyers pursuing the case noted that Yahoo had repeatedly delayed noting, notifying the public of the incidents until sometime after it became aware of them. The judge, <clears throat> excuse me, the judge, Excuse me. The judge first expressed reservations about the settlement at a hearing in November when she complained that she had been unable to, quote, figure out the total estimated sum being promised. And on Monday, she formally rejected the deal. First, um, she said, Judge Co said she was dissatisfied that it released Yahoo from having to make further payouts related to breaches, related to breaches prior to 2013. Since the firm had not admitted to any such events, the judge said the court was unable to evaluate what evaluate what harm might have been experienced by users. Judge Co. added that a failure to disclose the total size of the settlement fund meant that those affected would be unable to determine if it was reasonable. In addition, she expressed concern that the sum that could be claimed by the 140 140 lawyers pursuing the case may be unreasonably high. Wow, you think 140 lawyers? Wowee. The judge also claimed Yahoo had publicly declared an, a deflated and, in quote, quote, excuse me, inflated inaccurate estimate of the number of users affected while filing under seal, meaning it does not become part of the public record, quote, a more accurate, much smaller number. The judge also, cri- also criticized tech firm for making only, quote, vague commitments to improve its cybersecurity. She concluded... Uh, Judge Co. concluded, excuse me, Yahoo's history of non-disclosure and lack of transparency related to the data breaches are egregious. She continues, unfortunately, the settlement 
and related filings continue this pattern of lack of transparency. Her refusal to accept the deal means the two sides will have to consider new terms. A spokesman, spokesperson, spokesman for Verizon said, and this did not discuss pending litigation, the plaintiff's lead law firm has not responded to a request for comment. So while there are laws, lawsuits running amok and concerned about privacy nowadays, I have two links in the show notes on how to, one of them on how to save some money with security and privacy with NordVPN, and the other, the best free password manager. Moving on in smartphone news this week, LG will unveil the V50 ThinQ phone alongside the LG G8 at Mobile World Congress. The V50 ThinQ is slated to be LG's first 5G phone with the GA offering 4G connectivity. The LG V50 ThinQ will be powered by the will be powered by the Snapdragon 855 and feature a vapor chamber for effective cooling. The phone is also rumored, also rumored with 6-inch display and a 4,000 milliamp battery. ET News says the LG V50 ThinQ will be making its way to select markets in North America and Europe starting in March, with the phone confirmed, quote-unquote, confirmed launch on Sprint. The phone will also debut in South Korea on SK Telecom, KT, LG, U+. Meanwhile, the LG G8 will see a global release. Not to be outdone from Samsung, they announced Tuesday that it started mass-producing one terabyte embedded universal flash storage, or EUFS. Wow, one terabyte. Wow, wait. Uh, doubling, it's doubling its previous generation of smartphone storage while maintaining the same footprint. An innovation Samsung has claimed is an industry first, according industry first, excuse me. According to Samsung, the according to Samsung, the development will bring a more quote notebook-like experience to the next generation of smartphones. With one terabyte of storage built in, the company says users can store up to 260 10-minute videos at 4K resolution. That's compared to 13 videos of the same size that can be stored on the 64 gigabit gigabit flash storage where Samsung says it's widely used in many current high-end smartphones. The company is also promising a faster data transfer speeds at up to 10 times the rate of a micro SD card. Now, I got to admit, one terabyte is a lot of storage. And if you are a true power user and need this much of storage for your video, for your photos, videos, etc., I am truly envious. And for me, but for me, um, 64 gigabyte is plenty. But that's just me. Samsung also announced this week they trademarked the name Galaxy Buds in what was speculated to be a spe- in what was speculated to be a successor to the company's truly wireless gear Icon X earbuds. Now, thanks to a Federal Communications Commission filing, the new headphones have been seemingly confirmed via 9-1 mobiles. The FCC filing does include an illustration of the bottom of the charging case. It looks like a charging case. It could be either USB or micro USB. There's no word yet on pricing, no word yet on pricing or a release date. And closing out the Samsung news this week, and it's for their 8K TVs. And I cannot believe we're going from 4K to 8K. 
Samsung has unveiled a single display driver IC chip with enough bandwidth that with enough bandwidth for gigabytes to allow true 8K images to be transmitted to 8K display panels without the need for other components. That would eliminate the need for a bezel where electronics are normally hidden, allowing for true all allowing for true all display TV sets. 8K TVs require four times the bandwidth of 4K, which in return requires four times the bandwidth of full HD. The new part, quote, greatly enhances the efficiency of a display's system performance while simplifying design, where Samsung mentioned in a said in a which it mentions in a press release. The next operating system for Android and Slender Q, and Android's OS is named over dessert, so it's up in the air for dessert named Q. But over on AndroidCentral.com, all the latest news on the upcoming release of Q. Uh, there is news about um, better fi- better facial recognition, uh, also widescreen recording, could make it easier for carriers to lock phones to their network, um, revealing a system-wide dark theme, desktop mode, there's a lot of rumors um, flying around, and there's a link up in the show notes where you can check it out, and we're going to definitely stay tuned on more announcements from this. Speaking of Android and in the how-to tech for the week, now most um, Android smartphone users is run, that are using that are running smartphone Android smartphone users are running. Got the words out. <laughs> I'm trying to like get this tongue tied. Um, it's over uh, where you're using uh, the OS nine or Android Pie. Of a great link in a great link in the show notes on 30 advanced tips and tricks for Android nine. Also on makeuseof.com, uh, there is a um, where there's five YouTube channels where you can learn a uh, where you can learn a learn a new skill, or on how to uh, uh, or strength. Excuse me. There is um, learn to fix your car. There is learn to play guitar. Learn to start programming. Learn a little bit of everything. And learn to exude confidence. So I'll have a link up in the show notes for that. Also on AndroidCentral.com, now the big game is coming up this coming Sunday. We know who's playing. Um, we don't know who's going to win. Um, but if you haven't, if you're not, if you, uh, you're listening this uh, this evening, Friday evening, or on Saturday, which will be tomorrow's the big game, um, you can watch the big game on. You don't necessarily have to watch. Um, Live, you can stream it on your Android phone, um, on how to watch the big game on your Android phone, TV, tablet, or Chromebook. Closing out the Google News sort of this week, um, at the end of last year, Google announced their plans to bring Grow with Google to more local communities by teaming up with libraries in all 50 states across the country to help ensure that economic opportunity exists for everyone and everywhere. They are kicking kicking off that work today in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, by hosting in-person workshops for job seekers, small businesses, librarians, and nonprofit leaders. Later this week, this week they'll be continuing continuing the Pennsylvania workshops in York and Erie. Then heading to more states like Connecticut and Maryland, they are looking forward to people across the country joining them at their local library to learn digital skills, from online marketing tips to how to use a spreadsheet. 
They will have Googlers available for one-on-one training and to answer your questions. And the uh, in the post on the, the show note in the link, they have an events page to see when or um, when Google Googlers will be visiting your state. For also wrapping up the to further support local libraries, Google is providing a one million dollar sponsorship of the American Library Association to support digital skills trainings through micro funds to libraries across the country. Kudos to Google on this venture. A big, big, big two thumbs up. Both AT&T and Verizon announced their fourth quarter results, and first with AT&T and with their acquisition of Time Warner, now remained Warner Media. Their operating growth and their operating income growth, growth, excuse me, at 33.2%, due to a popular slate of films like Aquaman and strong digital subscriber growth for HBO. That's good news. Meanwhile, the bad news, however, for AT&T legacy businesses. The company added only 134,000 phone customers in the quarter on a postpaid basis. In total, the company added just 13,000 postpaid subscribers, thanks to a loss of 410,000 customers with tablets and other connected computing devices after AT&T scaled back, scaled back its promotions. The rate of customer turnover also increased from a year ago due to decreased promotional activity. On the video side, AT&T lost 391,000 traditional pay TV customers and 200 and 267,000 DirecTV Now customers. DirecTV Now, the subscriptions subscription service streaming service took a big hit after AT&T raises prices and the company said essentially no customers are on discounted plans anymore. Randall Stevenson, AT&T AT CEO, said on a conference call with Analyst Wednesday that's been quote unquote a year of learning for DirecTV for the DirecTV product, DirecTV Now product. He explained it became apparent early on when a live TV streaming service launched with a promotional price of $35 that customers weren't so engaged with that product. As a result, when the promotion ended, subscribers dropped off rapidly. He also spoke about 5G and he stated that, quote, standards-based 5G is coming and will be nationwide by 2020. The company is building this company. The company is building and uh, a, a the company is building using a seven initial seven billion investment from the FCC's megahertz auction called FirstNet, which is a public-private partnership between AT&T and the first first responder community. It is designed to give priority access to first responders in the event of a disaster, but will also serve as the foundation for AT&T's commercial 5G service. Construction of the new network is already ahead of schedule, and he expects the majority of the country to get true true mobile 5G service by 2020. Switching to Verizon's earnings, they posted a fourth quarter profit of $2.7 of $2 billion, or $0.47 cents a share, compared with a year, pro, a year earlier profit of $18.78 billion, or $4.56 a share. Excluding the one-time charges, earnings came in at one point excuse me, $1.12 a, sh $1 .12 a share compared with $0.86 cents a year ago. The company added 1.2 million retail new postpaid customers or those who pay at the end of the month. It added 873 smartphone customers, but its total, addition, total phone additions were 60, 653,000, suggesting it lost a number of traditional quote-unquote dumb phone companies dumb phone customers. They also took a $4.6 billion charge to write down a massive portion of the value of its media assets. And last week, 
It said that it's cutting 7% of the workforce in the media area, including properties like Huffington Post, TechCrunch, and AOL. CEO, CEO Hans Vesperks explained during a conference call with investors that Verizon is making cuts to its workforce now when it's financially and competitively strong in order to be more agile in the future. And while AT&T is hard at work for 5G, Verizon, Verizon CEO uh, Hans Vesperg, excuse me, touted the company's many firsts in 5G in 2018, stating the company was first to complete an over-the-air data transmission on the 5G global standards. Verizon was also first to complete a 5G data session on a smartphone, and the company was the first carrier, the first carrier, excuse me, to commercially deploy 5G with its 5G home product. He also credited, Vesberg also credited Verizon with pushing equipment partners to speed up development of their products, which are necessary to make 5G a reality. He said the 5G is almost two years ahead of schedule, thanks to Verizon efforts. Finally, closing out this week of tech news, which is trending over on, trending, which is trending now on GNCWIR. First from Google Trends and 1 million searches, Rent Live. Twitter in the U.S. at number nine, hashtag World Read Aloud Day 2019. And lastly, on YouTube, when I saw this, I wondered how the heck this video is number one. And get this, 7.5 million views. It's titled, I Went Back to First Grade. And the basic premise is a group of guys goes to school and takes classes starting at first grade all the way to 12th grade. If one person passes their classes from first grade, first grade to 12th grade wins $10,000. It's 17 minutes and 45 seconds long. And again, I, again, I wonder uh, how this video is number one on YouTube. And it's over 7.5 million, 7 million views. Uh, 7.5, over 7.5 million view, views boggles the mind. But I digress. And that is the tech news for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, favorite podcast app, so you don't miss another episode of GNC Week in Review. Till next time, I will talk to you all soon.